Are you ready to build a business with consistent income and have time left to spend with your family? In Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, you will learn the strategies to create exactly what you want in your business and in your life. Now, here's your host, Kathleen Reeson. Welcome to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson on Inspired Choices Network. I am your host, Kathleen Reeson, and I'm here today to talk about something that is near and dear to my heart. Okay, so do you guys know, you know, that sound of nails on a chalkboard and somebody puts their hand up there and then they drag it down the chalkboard and it makes me just thinking about it, want to cover my ears because eek, that's the most painful sound. Okay, so what I'm going to share with you, I realize that if you're, you're vindictive in any way, you'll probably send me an email and say this word just because it has that same reactive. But I'm trusting that when I put it out into the world, you all are like, wow, I totally get that. And, and you wouldn't do that to me because that would be horrible. That'd be horrible. So I'm letting you in on my vulnerable space. Okay. When I hear this word, it makes me want to cringe. I'm gonna tell you what it is in just a second. This one word is what stops people from creating what they want. And it's become such a commonality in the world, in society, that it's everywhere. I was reading this book the other day, I was reading it. And I, I was reading the first couple pages. And I said, Oh my gosh, this word is everywhere. So then I got my pen out and I said, just for sake of me, I'm going to circle every time this word is used. And it was used 163 times in this hundred page book, 163 times. That is how common this word I'm going to share with you is. And the thing is, the word is not serving us in any way. It actually, I mean, it serves no purpose. You can just eliminate it from your vocabulary. So here's the word. It is the word try. Try. T-R-Y, try. And so Yoda even told us, do or do not, there is no try. <laughs> that was in his favorite movie, do or do not, there is no try. But the word try, it serves no purpose. And so here's how we usually say it. I will try. I will try. I will try that. I will try this. I will try. And the reality is, there is no trying. So what are you really saying? Like that is the instant credibility buster. When somebody say, says, I will try, they're setting themselves up for saying, maybe I'll complete it. Maybe I won't, but that's not really accepted in society. So if you said, Hey, uh, will you pick my kid up from school? So let's just say my friend calls me up. She says, I'm in a pinch. Will you pick, will you pick Katie up from school? And I say, Oh yeah, I mean, maybe 50% chance, maybe. Or in, if I said, I will try. They'd be like, okay, so is that a yes or a no? Yes or no? Say, but if I said, oh, it's okay, I'll try, I'll try. They still don't know whether I'm actually going to complete that or not. And so as a parent, and we know that our kid gets to be picked up from school, like, are you going to do it or are you not? So the try is not accepted in that scenario. But now let's, let's go into a business scenario where you say, I have this beautiful idea. I'm going to launch this brand new business and I'm super excited. And we're going to create this $150,000 program right off the bat. It's going to be amazing. And they say, okay, so, so, so you're telling somebody about that. And they say, great. Uh, so you're going to have us done by when? Two months from now? And I say, well, I'll try. Sure, I'll try. Yeah, I'll try. You might as well say, meh, whatever. So that's the difference in using this word, I will try. And then when we don't meet our goals, when we don't actually hit it, we say, well, I, I, I had a great, great go of it. I'll do it next time. 
So we're actually looking at where we commit, where we use our words. And the, the best part about this is now that you're aware of this trying word, I know that you're never going to use this word again. And here's the other piece of coaching, never say never. <laughs> you know, I can go on and on about this. And it's all about our vocabulary. So language, so interesting. Language is the gateway to where we are. Okay, so when you learn to hear the words, like hear what's underneath them, you'll know exactly where someone is. So the word try at surface level, it's not a big deal. I was actually talking to my family about this. And I said, I don't believe in the word try. And they said, well, come on now. And my dad, who is a neuroscientist, he spent his entire life, uh, his, his professional career, teaching the study of the brain. And a big part of his research was in Alzheimer's. He wanted to find the, uh, the, how do you say, stopping Alzheimer's. So finding the um, answer to ending Alzheimer's. There's an ele- more eloquent way. Cure. Thank you. The cure. Why well, I can't think of cure. Okay. He wanted to find the cure for Alzheimer's. And he says, but I tried my entire career and I couldn't find it. I couldn't find it. And so this is the piece where maybe, maybe you couldn't find it. Maybe some of the research that you created is going to lead to someone else seeing that and saying, ha, huh, this is what I was looking for. And it unlocks the cure down the road. So maybe he actually did find it, but not in the way that he could see it. Maybe it won't become realized for another hundred or 200 years. So instead of saying I tried, it's I committed to finding the cure for Alzheimer's. I may not realize that in my adult life. I might not realize that in my waking life. I may be dead when it comes to fruition, but I am committed to finding a cure for Alzheimer's. And so then the work, it's all about what we're creating and how we're shutting that back door and saying, this is, there's no trying. There's no trying. We're just, this is where we're moving. And so is failure an option? Like, sure, failure is an option. It can absolutely happen. But that's about now we learn where what worked and what didn't work and how we move forward. And oftentimes we don't want to commit because we're afraid of failure. We don't want to fail. So if I said back to my program, I'm going to create a $150,000 program. I'm going to have it created in eight weeks. I often won't want to commit to that because what happens if eight weeks comes and I haven't committed to it? I haven't committed. I haven't, haven't done it. Well, because I said, try, I have a back door. I can just say, well, you know, I tried. And so this language is so important. And oftentimes where we hear language is at the word level. So if somebody said, I'm, I tried and we hear I'm committed to, or we hear something different. And then we don't know where to hold somebody. We don't know where to hold somebody. And that this is, so what we're talking about right now are coaching distinctions. And when somebody says, I try, then as a coach, I would say back to them, well, what are you committed to? I hear that you're going to try, but what are you committed to? So there are ways to then evoke what it is that they're really, really committed to. And that's them closing the back door. Most of the time, especially in the beginning, when people aren't used to that, they don't understand what closing that back door means. And it's really uncomfortable. So I wouldn't want to say, no, I'm going to create that $150,000 in eight weeks. I would resist that. Okay. A, a great example of this, uh, diets. Okay. So think about uh, healthy eating. And one of my favorites, this came, we own some gyms. And so I hear this a lot. People will say, uh, let's just say I'm driving down the road. I'll use an example for me I'm driving down the road. And I look over on the sidewalk. I see an Oreo wrapper. This is a random Oreo wrapper. Like, Oh, somebody littered, 
you know, when I'm on my walk next, I should pick that up. And then about an hour later, I'm a little hungry. It's my snack time. And I think, gosh, an Oreo sounds really good. I haven't had an Oreo in years, but all of a sudden an Oreo sounds good. And then the next day I go to the grocery store, I walk down the cookie aisle and I get the peanuts at the end of the aisle and I see the Oreos. I think I haven't had Oreos in years, but wow, that looks really good, but I'm not going to get the Oreos because I'm eating healthy and that would not be healthy eating. So I resist the Oreos. And then the next day goes by and all I want is an Oreo. I can taste the chocolatey taste, the white filling. I can see myself twisting them apart and eating the Oreo cream filling and then sticking them back together and eating the two, maybe even dunking it in milk. And I'm really excited about these Oreos, but I'm not going to eat them because I'm a, I eat healthy. And then, and then I go over to my friend's house and what would be there, but on the table, a stack of Oreos. It's like she reached into my mind. It's like she reached into my mind and I see all these Oreos. And now I'm thinking Oreos. All I want are Oreos. Oh my gosh. All I want are Oreos. And that's all I can think about. And then I start talking about Oreos. Like, where did you get those Oreos? How much are they? Uh, do you know how many calories they are? And everything we talk about are about Oreos. And I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like obsessed with these Oreos, but I can't stop thinking about these Oreos. So naturally, as a coach, I would say, well, do you want to eat those Oreos? Do I want to eat those Oreos? And I would ask myself, well, no, but I want to get it out of my mind. And so now I really have two options. One, I can eat the Oreos. Or two, I can continue to talk about the Oreos and why I shouldn't eat the Oreos. And so here's an interesting thing. What I often see happening, what I often see happening is people resist eating the Oreos. And this goes on for a really long time and it occupies their entire mind. But the reality is <laughs> the really great coaches get it. And they say, all right, I got my clock. I'm going to set on my clock here, two minute timer. Okay. Now you go grab those Oreos. And you eat as many as you can in two minutes. And then when we're done at two minutes, you're going to throw the bag away, throw the bag away. And we're not going to talk about Oreos ever again. Like just done with Oreos. Cool. And I would say, oh yeah, cool. Okay. And I would go for it. And then just eat them all because here's what comes up, right? Here's what comes up. When we resist things, when we resist them, they persist which means that's all we can think about. Except for the workplace, I was just in a conversation this morning in the workplace. It was about how people are coming back into work right now. And there's absolute breakdowns, like tears in the office and all these emotional and social experiences that guys, we haven't had these for a year and all this stuff's coming up. And the last thing we can think about is work. We got all these other things coming up and we're not, if, if you're in a workplace that isn't embracing that conversation or you haven't created that where we can actually have a conversation about what's coming up, we're only thinking about what's going on the stack of Oreos. And so actually embracing what's, uh, what's on people's minds, giving it a place to just kind of verbal vomit, get it out there. is really effective. It's the same thing as eating the Oreos. Like, Oh, I'm going to get it out there. So how does this relate to trying and the word that we were talking about earlier? It's that if I'm trying, okay, I have a commitment. Let's say I said, I'm going to eat healthy. And then I go eat these Oreos. I, I could tell myself I failed. I failed. But the reality is that we got to look at the big picture perspective. And if my goal is healthy eating and I have one blip, so I, I have one time where I chose not to eat healthy, but in order to, because I chose to eat healthy, it kept me focused 98% of the time. 
And I had 2% of the time that maybe I chose something that wasn't healthy, but it kept me on track. It's okay. It's okay. But we can get so hung up on being 100% healthy eating all the time that that doesn't serve us anymore. It doesn't serve us. So the gyms that we own, when we talk about nutrition, we say, look, have a, have a free day. Six, you eat healthy six days a week. You can have one free day. And it's really meant for that space of all those things that we've been thinking about, all those things that we've been craving. Give yourself the space to have that. I'm not saying eat five bags of Oreos, but I'm saying, could you eat a couple Oreos and, and get that out of your mind? 100%. And so the concept of why do we use the word trying, why do we not close our back doors is because we believe that it's about perfection. If I close my back door, I have no way out. I have no way if I, I don't want to fail. We are creatures. We are human. We don't want to fail. So we tell ourselves we'll give wishy-washy commitments so that we can not honor them, but it doesn't work. Just like your friend that might call up and say, Hey, can you go pick up my kid from school? Uh, wishy-washy, maybe, maybe not. It doesn't work. So it's a yes or a no. And when we become that person that gives wishy-washy commitments, no one can trust us or or think that whatever we say is actually going to come to fruition. Whatever we say is actually going to come to fruition. And I'll tell you, early on in my my career, I mean, even, even up until about seven years ago, five years ago, I would say I've never missed a mark, which means every single time I set a goal, uh, a budget, like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create $100,000 this month or $50,000 this quarter, or I'm going to create this, this, and this, whatever they are. I'd hit them every single time. And it wasn't because they were easy. It was just because I, I set them where they were stretchy yet attainable. So very realistic goals. And over the last few years where I've been playing is setting goals that are just totally crazy. And this is an art that I encourage you to, to practice at least once every quarter, but set a goal that's like really, really stretchy. And you have no idea how you're going to complete it because in the in the effort of completing it, in the effort of going that far, when you actually close your back door and you commit to something that you have absolutely no idea how you're going to create it, that's where magic happens. That's where magic happens. So when we're wishy-washy with our commitments, we aren't challenging ourselves. And when we aren't challenging ourselves, when we aren't, when we aren't really stretching Meaning like, think about this as the concept of a rubber band. If this is where our comfort zone is, the stretch is what's outside of it. The stretch is what's outside of it. And living outside of your comfort zone is where you have growth. Like growth has never in the history of the world ever occurred within our comfort zone. And it's not going to. And the, the reason for that is that it's whenever we're uncomfortable, like, that's where, that's what growth is. So we get to put ourselves in those, those situations. We get to put ourselves in those situations where we're constantly outside of our comfort zone. So guys, we're going to go on a quick break here. And when we get back, we're going to continue this conversation about really the, the word trying and how that gets to be eliminated from our vocabulary. Because when we're committed to stretching and growth, we close our back door we close our back door. You're listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson here on Inspired Choices Network and enjoy this quick break. Building a business is a lot like baking a cake. There are certain ingredients that can't be missed. By listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, you will learn the five key steps that every great business utilizes. 
you will hear from successful entrepreneurs that will share what works and what doesn't work in their businesses. You will have an opportunity to ask questions so you can apply these steps directly to your business. Host and business coach Kathleen Reeson built seven successful businesses while raising three boys, volunteering extensively, and having some time left for her husband and herself. Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, and she will show you how you can build the business and the life you dream of, too. Are you ready? Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson Radio Show every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson here on Inspired Choices Network. I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson, and today we're talking about the word trying and how we get to eliminate it from our vocabulary, why shutting our back doors is so important. And the thing that I really want to land today is about, I get that you and I, we can eliminate the word trying. We can hear that. And, and because you're listening to this, I believe that that you have the ability to shift your vocabulary and are emotionally intelligent in a way where you're aware of your own, your, where you are. And the key and where I really want to go today is about how we coach others. I'm an executive coach at the coaching space for a long time. I, I thought I was a consultant. I was a consultant for many, many years. And the difference between consulting and coaching, consulting is I'm telling you what to do. I'm giving you the answer. And coaching is saying like, you have the answer and I, we're just going to scrape away the stuff that's in the way so that you can see it. And I made the transition from consulting to coaching. Oh gosh, about officially three years ago, but I think really I was in that transition point for probably about five, six years ago. And what I realized was when I didn't even know the distinction between consulting and coaching, but I could feel it. Uh, and it's really where my, the evolution of my work came. But the, my business that I ran at the time was a consulting based business. And I really wanted to move into a coaching based methodology. And so those were in conflict. My employees were consultants, not coaches. They weren't trained in that way. And when I realized that, that's when I got to sell that business and really focus on building the coaching aspect. And I talked a couple of weeks ago about the next evolution of, of business. And um, what I see, what I see happening is that you know, year, 100 years ago, we were management-based businesses. That's how business really came about. We were management-based, which meant there was a right or a wrong. Like my friends that own manufacturing plants, if we're building a tractor, for example, there is a specific way to apply the screw that goes in a specific tractor part, because if it's not done correctly, according to a spec, then the tractor doesn't work. It just doesn't work. And so it's really important that we get things right or wrong. And so managers inherently, when the businesses started, you know, when, when Ford created their, their black car, uh, they had these assembly lines and 
And so the manager would be the person that excelled at their job and then could tell someone else how to do that job. And so it was, this is the job. Okay. And then as we grew and we got more sophisticated, we added critical thinking into business and leadership really came about. And leadership is about how we navigate change. So in manufacturing, again, there was a, there was a right or a wrong, but in leadership, there is no right or wrong. It's really about walking into a space where we haven't been here before and we're managing uncertainty. Okay. We're managing uncertainty, which means we're figuring out how to move forward in uncertainty. And so that's the space of leadership that the management is we, there's a right or wrong. And I'm going to show you how to do something very specifically. The leadership is we've never been here before, and we are going to create how we move forward. And the next evolution in business is coaching. It's coaching. And so coaching is a form of leadership for sure. And what that is about is saying, how do I get everyone to work together? How do I get the highest possible productivity out of everyone around me? How do I evoke the greatness in all these people around me so that they can thrive, that they can succeed? Because when each of them succeed, then we as a team succeed. And so that's where coaching has evolved. And as an executive coach, even up until now, where I have thrived is working with companies, working with executives on individually building out their skill set of coaching. But what's actually happening and where the next evolution is, is not about working with one individual with a company. It's actually building these coaching cultures within companies so that that is just inherently how we work. They're just inherently how we work. And what I saw, and I, I referenced it a couple of weeks ago, was that most of our executives, and, and so this, when this stat that I'm going to share with you is true for the executives, think about what it's going to be like everywhere else in the company, that executives actually overinflate their skills in coaching. They believe they're stronger coaches than they are. And, and so that's kind of scary when you think about it. Like, where would you actually learn how to be a coach? There is no, that I'm aware of, there's no program and college to teach you how to be a coach. I went, I know I went to college a little while ago, but that's not a thing. And maybe it will become a thing over time, but there's, there's now some leadership classes in college and there's management classes in college, but where are the coaching? How do I actually learn how to evoke leadership in somebody else? Even that word evoke is not common knowledge. And what that means is I'm not going to do anything. I am going to, by who I am and how I'm showing up, I'm going to create an opportunity for the person in front of me to perform at their highest level, to perform at their highest level. And so based on the questions that I ask, based on the standard that I set, based on the space that I hold, the space that I hold, that person will show up in their highest possible. Now, one of the things when I first started learning about emotional intelligence, I had no idea what people meant when they said holding the space. Like you are crazy. And I, I literally imagine like somebody with their arms out and space in front of them holding the space. And I just, I didn't get it. And people around me, they'd say like, what do you mean by holding the space? And I'd make up some answer and it sounded good, but okay. But I didn't really get it. And now how I see it as the, if, if where we want to be, right? So wherever we want to be, and I mean, in, in our lives, whatever we want to create and where we are, there is a gap. Okay, so if we're here and we want to be here, there's a gap. Think about it like if uh, if I live, I live in Des Moines, Iowa, and I want to travel to Kansas City, Missouri, which is about a three-hour drive. There's a gap, like there's a three-hour gap. There's about 180 miles between Des Moines and Kansas City. So the holding the space would mean like I'm holding the space. Think about the mentally holding the road between Des Moines and Kansas City because I know that's where I want to go. So I'm going to hold this space. So basically, I'm going to think about 
the road from Des Moines to Kansas City. It's going to be on my mind, on my heart. I'm holding the space for that. Okay. So it's the same thing. If you say, you know what? I've never told this before to anybody, but I really want to be a magician. I think it would be so cool to be vulnerable up on a stage and just like truly just be who I am, not care what anybody thinks and pull a rabbit out of a hat. Wouldn't that be so cool? And so without judgment, I'm not like, wow, a magician. Oh my gosh. Did you hear that? That's, I wouldn't come from that space. I'd come from awesome. I hear you. My kid's really into magic too. And I've been watching all these professionals and it's really neat. So tell me, I see you now and I see that you want to be a magician. So what do you get to create? Where do you get to go so that you can be a magician? And so let's say that this person says, well, I get to take some magic classes. They're offering some down at the playhouse and I'm going to study the art of magic. Like, awesome. Okay. So, so now I'm holding the space between where the person is now and the magician that they want to be and knowing that it is totally possible for this person to be a magician totally possible. And when that person goes to their first magic class and realizes that there's this whole science behind it that I'm making this up. I don't know what it takes to be a magician, Uh, but there's this whole science behind it. Now they got to memorize all these different things and they're not good at memorization. And they come to me, this person comes to me and says, well, I wanted to be a magician, but I learned that I got to memorize all things and I suck at memorization. And so I'm not going to be a magician anymore. But because I'm holding the space, I hear that they've run up against a wall So they're up against their wall. And now it's my job as their coach and maybe their friend to say, I hear that. I hear the memorizations in your way. But do you remember your vision? Do you remember why you started? And I get to remind them of their vision and know that they're just up against that wall. And my job is to support them in getting over the wall or around the wall. But oftentimes we let our, we get ourselves in the way. And so that's why I say like today we're talking about these coaching Why do people say they'll try? Like in this case, if my friend who wanted to be a magician, he says, I'm going to be a magician. Or he'll say, I'm going to try to be a magician. I'm going to try to be a magician. Well, if you said, I'm going to try to be a magician, and then that brick wall comes up, you're probably going to walk away. You're probably going to walk away. And because you've got, you've got that coach there, if you've got a coach and the coach can hear that, oh, they really wanted to be the magician, they'll walk around the wall. They'll walk around the wall with you. And so that's why it is so important to have these coaches. And so I'm giving you these examples that they're not very office. Like you probably won't have somebody in your office that says, I want to be a magician, but you might, (laughs) you might. And it starts out like, uh, I think of an example. I was talking to one of my friends the other day who uh, he owns a, a concrete company. And one of the guys that was just starting, he was, he was pretty frustrated. He's been at work for maybe three months and he's pretty frustrated because he doesn't see a development path and he just started. And so my friend is like, but if he just shows up and does his work every day, then he'll get on the development path. But this kid's different than his typical employees. This one's college educated. His, uh, some of his other laborers aren't. Uh, so he's got a lot of, his critical thinking is a little bit higher. He actually would be, could be a project manager within a year or so. But unless my friend steps in and says, Hey, I see a path for you. I see how I see that you want to be a project manager. 
let's create the way forward. So yes, you get to be a laborer now. You get to spend time in this space. You get to master these techniques. But if he draws out the path of what it could look like and hears his vision and holds that vision for him, and they both know that they're working towards that, now this person, this, this laborer is like, oh, I see what's possible. I see what's possible. Now he can shut his back door. He can shut his back door. But that's, that's not how we typically show up in business. It's not how we typically show up in life. Typically, we've got our back door open because we're too afraid to fail. We're too afraid to fail. So we say, we're, so we say words like, I'm trying, I'm trying, when in reality, that is not serving us. It's not serving us. So my invitation to you is to close the back door. Use those words of what are you committed to and hear that in other people and ask them, what are you committed to? Because that's where you get, like, we want to talk about the difference between managing and leading. Managing is, I don't care if you want to be a magician. Today, you are a scientist or, you know, whatever it is. Today, you're a scientist. I don't care if you want to be a magician in a year. We're talking about being a scientist. I hired you to be a scientist. Be a scientist. That's not supporting them. And now, all of a sudden, they're not going to want to talk about their vision anymore. We've shut that down. And so we wonder why in our companies, people are showing up to work and they're tired and they don't believe that they are valued at that organization, that's why, right there, that's why are we holding their vision? Do we even know what their vision is? Do we even know? So these are pieces that we get to add back into companies. These are, as for you, what I'm important of you, to think about the difference between that, that coach, right? Having that coach in an organization is that we look at each of our employees and we know, what is it that they really want? What is it that they they are stretching forward that they're willing to go to the ends of the work, the, the earth for. And we might think, well, gosh, it's probably their family, but the reality is it may not be. It may not be. And so that's where we get to dig. That's where we get to go. And it's super fun if we know where to go. So we are going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to dig into this just a little bit more about coaching and how we can really bring that into our organizations. You are listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson here on Inspired Choices network. I will see you right after this break. Building a business is a lot like baking a cake. There are certain ingredients that can't be missed. By listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Neeson, you will learn the five key steps that every great business utilizes. You will hear from successful entrepreneurs that will share what works and what doesn't work in their businesses. You will have an opportunity to ask questions so you can apply these steps directly to your business. Host and business coach Kathleen Reeson built seven successful businesses while raising three boys, volunteering extensively, and having some time left for her husband and herself. Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, and she will show you how you can build the business and the life you dream of, too. Are you ready? Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson Radio Show every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson here on Inspired Choices Network. And we have been talking today about the word try and how we get to eliminate that. Because when we use the word try, it, it basically leaves a back door open. And that is, that is the credibility ruiner, credibility ruiner. <laughs> Those may actually be words in English. I'm not sure. 
<laughs> you can use them that way, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Okay. So when we say I will try, and then we, we don't exact, we don't honor our commitment. It leaves us back door and then people don't believe our word anymore. So the, the way that we're, we're looking at this today is why would we say those words and what do we shift? And we get it that, that us, we can absolutely shift it, but how do we see that in other people? How do we see it in other people? And so here's the space that, that I want to walk into here with you for the next 15 minutes is about why, why we're loose on our commitments. And a lot of times what I see happening is that if I commit to something, it's not going to be a fun process. And let's, let's be honest here. Uh, this is, I, I have a contract that I say to myself every day. It's my contract to myself. I am a loving, authentic, abundant woman, loving, authentic, abundant woman. And what I want more than anything in this world is joy and ease, joy and ease. And I believe that it's possible to live in a world and to create from a space of joy and ease, fun, flow, and ease. Those are my commitments. And so I know about myself that I can make things complicated. And I know about myself that I can make things hard. And I don't want to make things complicated. And I don't want to make things hard because when I do that, it's not fun. It's not fun. And so for me, when I make commitments, I know that that can be my tendency to drive out the fun. And then the energy goes low. And it's like, who would want to play in that space? It's not a fun space. And so what I see is human nature is oftentimes we don't commit to things because we think they aren't going to be fun. We think it's going to be a long, hard journey. Like, yeah, I could create this program. Like the one I was telling you about $150,000 in eight weeks, but oh, so much work. And oh, I'm going to have to talk with like, 50 people. And ugh, that sounds horrible. And, and so we really get into the space, like, why would anyone want to play there? And so think about how we show up, like, what a child want to play with us? <laughs> if think about your, like your behavior, and I'm thinking about mine, when I get into that space of where I, we should be excited, right? We're going to create this program. It's going to be really fun. But if I'm showing up where it's like dragging me down and it's not fun, would, would, would a child want to be a part of that? My kids don't want to have anything to do with me when I'm tired and grumpy. So I get to, I know I get to commit to being joyful and excited, even when it's not fun, even when it, like, I get to create the fun, nobody's going to bring joy into my life. So what I see is that people are so afraid of something being like not fun or being work that we resist it, that we resist it. And so then we have this loose, these loose language. Like, ah, I don't really want to commit to that because that sounds horrible. So let's be specific with an example. Okay, let's be specific with an example. Let's use the example of my friend calling me up and asking me to pick up her daughter, Katie, from school. Well, I really want to support my friend. Okay, but I know that at her school, the car line is really long. And I've got to get there 45 minutes early, 45 minutes. And I sit there in the parking lot with all the other parents. None of them talk. They just sit in the car and I'm going to wait and wait and wait. And then when I actually get up to the line, then the kid, Katie gets in my car. She kicks her dirty sneakers. I don't really have a friend who has a daughter named Katie, by the way, I'm making this up. She kicks her dirty sneakers all over my car. And then she doesn't talk to me. She wants a snack. I give her a snack. And then she throws wrappers and, and all over my car. My car is trash now. 
And this is all going through my mind when she says, will you pick up Katie? So all this stuff is going through there. And in reality, I want to say no. I want to say no. But because it doesn't sound fun to me, but I know that I really like my friend and I want to support her. So now I'm in a, now I'm in a challenge. I'm in a kerfunkle. Do I say yes, even though I want to say no? So, so that comes back to, are we being authentic with what we really want? You know what? Maybe my friend has somebody else who loves that experience, but not me. And because I'm like lying to myself that I would do this, then it creates this whole challenge where now I'm out of alignment. I'm going to go spend an hour of my life picking up this kid that I don't really want to pick up. And so now I'm not, I'm not in alignment because I've created this awful situation. And I say, oh, I'll try, which we know we already discussed doesn't work with a kid. It doesn't work. So take that into a business situation where I say to an employee, I say, hey, we're going after this project and it's going to be, we're going to create $150,000 over the next eight weeks. And so what I want you to do is be the lead on this. And now my employee's like, okay. So same thing. All he's seen or she's seen is the stuff that's going to be horrible. The, all the late nights and the work, they're not seeing the excitement and the joy in it. And so they say, okay, but they really mean hells no. But because they're not honest about it, they don't bring up the stuff that really is bothering them, that really is bothering them, then we can't address it. We can't address it. So instead of I said, hey, I was thinking about this project, this six month, sorry, this eight month $150,000 project. What do you think about it? What do you think about it? And really enroll them in the idea and get their feedback. Then anything that they don't like can come up anything that they don't like them come up and we can address it. And now we could design an experience where it actually could be joyful for them. It could be joyful for them. And now the commitment shifts from a, I try, I guess to heck yeah, I'm in heck yeah. I'm in. Think about this in the same vein as my friend who's got her daughter, Katie. And if she said, Hey, I was wondering if you could do this. Um, what do you think about that? What's coming up for you around that? Would you be open to it? I said, you know, I love, I love you and I love your daughter, but I can't stand that pickup line waiting that for an hour is miserable. And then I get Katie in the car and she just throws stuff everywhere. And it's really annoying for me because then it takes me another 30 minutes to clean my car. What if, because I said that to my friend, my friend now says, Oh, no big deal. You know what? Sometimes she goes to aftercare. I can drop her off at aftercare. You can actually show up an hour later. So the same time you would actually gotten her in the car, you can show up an hour later. She'll already have had her snack. And then she could just hop in the car no big deal. And it would have eliminated all those challenges. And now I could go drop her or I could go pick her up. And it would, it would be fun. And so the question in the coaching space is, are we creating the space for all those things to come up? The concerns that we have to come up, the why we wouldn't want to commit to come up because once they come up, we can deal with it. When we talk, we talk here, but what's underneath it is really what drives. Those are our thoughts. That's what really creates the excitement. And, and honestly, when you're closing a deal, when you're working on anything in life, this is the stuff underneath that's really impacting how we move forward. And so unless we create the space where that stuff can come up, then we're not going to move forward. We're going to get wishy-washy responses and we're going to use words like try. So when I said in the beginning of this about how language is our communication. Language is our gateway to where we are. If you want to meet somebody where they're at, you want to really understand where they are. 
don't hear their words or what they're saying, hear what's underneath them. It's something called listening to the listening. So when you just hear at surface level, you're only hearing bits and pieces. So when we talk, when we talk, we use a ton of words, a ton of words. And the reality is only about 25% of them land. 25%, which means that 75% of the words that we say, they just fall flat on the ground. And this is if you're a great communicator. But the difference between great communicators and phenomenal communicators and leaders, the ones that really land a message, are the ones that have figured out how to articulate what's underneath. What's underneath? I'm on a call last night listening to uh, this. I'm supporting a team right now. And I'm listening to these leaders talk. And I hear one of them say, We hit our goals, but I just, Think we should have doubled them. That's what's not working. We should have doubled them. And it was glossed over by the other leaders. They just went on. Ha ha ha. He thinks we should double them. Ha ha ha. That was it. And what I heard this man say was that we're playing too small. We're playing small. And I encourage us all to up our game. What's not working is we're playing a small game. But nobody heard that. What they heard. What they heard was, well, we just got to get more. (laughs) And they brushed past it. And this is what happens in life. This is what happens in our businesses. People talk at this level, but unless you're really listening to the listening and hearing what's underneath, you miss these valuable pieces of where they're at. You miss it. So where somebody else might be saying, we're playing a big game. This guy's not thinking that. This guy's thinking they're playing a small game. And this guy that said that he could be the one that could enroll the entire team in creating a bigger vision, but he gets to be called forward. He gets to be called. That's another one. That's another piece of language that I hear all the time. Okay. We talk about the word trying. What I also hear is people say, he called me out. He called me out. She called me out. So when somebody talks to you and calls you forward, what I mean by that is, in a group, if I say, hey, what did, you, what did you say? I didn't hear that. People associate that as calling them out of something, removing them from a situation where they are now being seen and heard. And they, they look at it as out, like you're out of something. But the way that I describe it is being called forward, being called forward. I don't want to take you out of anything. I don't ever want to remove somebody from something unless, of course, like they get to be removed. But language is so important. And so when you hear people saying, she called me out. And I say that like she called me out, like I like I'm, have judgment on that. I have judgment on that. It's where people are at. So when people feel like they're being put up into a space where now it's just them being seen and heard. Oftentimes people can refer to that as being called out when in reality, it's a shift of the mindset. You're not being called out. You're being called forward. You're being called forward. And so what's so important when we master our language, we master our leadership. When we master our language, we master our leadership. When we want to control, I don't want to use the word control. When we want to create from our visions, we've got to master our language because that is the way that we communicate with the world. And oftentimes language isn't necessarily just verbal. Language can also be nonverbal. It's not just what's being said, it's what's not being said. It's what's not being said. So it's so important to understand 
what our, what our words really mean, what our intention is and how we land them. So you think about a toddler when they're just really understanding language. It's a really tough, like they get, they get, especially the English language, right? Like there's so many intricacies and uh, it's a really tough language to master. And even as I look at my, uh, I have eight, 10 and 12 year old boys. I was driving my, my kids uh, off to their, they go to Papa school on Mondays and I was driving them to school. And my 12 year old says, how do you spell the word chaos? Chaos, he's working on a story. And so we worked through the spelling of it. And he says, that is not how I would have imagined that it's spelled. And so we talked about why it's that way, but English is a really challenging language to learn and to use really. And so we get to understand that a lot of people don't really have the grasp. Earlier when I was, I couldn't think of the word cure. I could talk all around the word cure, but I couldn't think of the actual word cure. But ultimately it doesn't matter because you, my goal is to land a message. And so I really get to land it based on this, what's here. And my goal is to apply the words so you understand me. But if we only talk from where we are and we don't listen to where someone else is, we don't listen to where someone else is, then they're not going to get it. They're not going to get it. We might as well not talk. We might as well not talk. Okay, guys, we are going to wrap this all up when we get back from this quick break. So go on this quick break, think about where you've been at and what you're hearing me say, and then come back and we will put this all together. You are listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson here on Inspired Choices Network. I will get back with you right after this break. Building a business is a lot like baking a cake. There are certain ingredients that can't be missed. By listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Neeson, you will learn the five key steps that every great business utilizes. You will hear from successful entrepreneurs that will share what works and what doesn't work in their businesses. You will have an opportunity to ask questions so you can apply these steps directly to your business. Host and business coach Kathleen Reeson built seven successful businesses while raising three boys, volunteering extensively, and having some time left for her husband and herself. Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Neeson, and she will show you how you can build the business and the life you dream of, too. Are you ready? Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Neeson Radio Show every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson here on Inspired Choices Network. I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson, and today we've been talking all about the one word that we're never going to use again. Never say never, I know. But the word that we get to eliminate from our vocabulary is the word try. And we eliminate that because try is just a giant backdoor. It's wishy-washy. It's non-committal. And so the, the biggest piece, and this is where we went today during this conversation, is that try is really just, it, it's really just an open door. Okay. And so where we get to go as people who, who inherently get that, we get to coach other people on why they're using that language. We don't intentionally make commitments that we plan on backing out of. It's just that we don't know. We don't know. And so my invitation to you is to not be in a space of judgment, but to be in a space of curiosity and to ask those questions, to dig deeper. Because when we hear these words, these language that we've been looking at today, the, the try and even the 
the other words that we talked about, like, uh, I'm not, uh, get them dry in a blank. Jeez today. This is beautiful that my mind is like escaping me in certain areas. The word cure, you know, that's the whole point of this is that we speak in one way, but there's all this stuff underneath it. And sometimes we have such passion, but the words can't get out and doesn't mean that our message can't land. Does that mean it? And I'll tell you, I have this shirt on today. It's a heart. It says love. And I ask you this question. Can you show love without words? Does it require words to show love? My answer is absolutely not. A hug shows love. Uh, an eye, a, an eye stare shows love. Uh, kind notes, like with a, a picture, shows love. There's all kinds of loves, ways to show love. And so the the whole point of this today is to hear what's not being said, to listen to the listening, to understand what's underneath the words, and then to coach into it. So whether it's your employees or your family members, the whole point is to understand where they really are. Because when we can meet them where they are, then we can support them in getting where they want to go. When we can meet them where they are, then we can support them in getting where they want to go. And I've had conversations over the years. People have asked me, but what happens if you support your employees to get exactly where they want to go, but where they want to go isn't with your company? Where they want to go isn't with your company. And I'll tell you case in point, I was with an entrepreneur the other day who's, who's created amazing things, like really powerful. He's, he's coaching with Damon John and uh, you know, he's really up to some big things. And I say to him, we talked about some uh, team building activities and uh, he was really excited about it. I said, but here's the thing. If we do team building activities, like the way that I create them is your employees are going to want to quit. And I'm thinking like quitting the activity. I wasn't thinking like quitting work. Uh, they're going to want to quit because my goal is to put them up against their block so that you as their, as their employer, you know where their blocks are and to break them through it because I'm a highly trained coach that can support them in breaking through it so that individually they can break past what their limiting belief is. That's the power. Absolutely. It'll just keep happening because remember, as we grow, that, that happens when we're outside of our comfort zone. And so what I create in these team building experiences is that we're going to figure out where that comfort zone is so we can break past it. I'm going to take you to the edge of it and we're going to break past it. And you know what he says to me? He says, just, just make sure they don't quit, like quit their jobs. And I found that really interesting because where's the attachment? I am clear that I love our, the team that I have, our employees, and their future path may not be with us. They may have dreams that are bigger than what our container, what we're creating. And that is awesome. That is awesome. And my job is to support them when they're here to be the best possible person that they can be, to be the best possible employee, to give what they can give. And if that means that in two years, five years, 10 years, six months, they're not with us because they are further down their path, then that is incredible. That is my gift to the world. It is my gift to them. And it's okay. But so many of us get so focused on this person's got to be with me forever. And if I invest in them, if I invest in them and they go somewhere else, so I just won't invest in them. And that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. But yet it is what happens all along the way. So I'll invest in them as long as there's a payback for me, as long as there's a payback for me. But that's not being a heart-centered giver. Like that. So, so my invitation to you is to meet them where they're at and hold them, understand where their vision is, even if it means that it's beyond what you're able to create in, in your business for them. 
it's okay. It's totally okay. And trust that it's going to work out. So the, the really successful leaders get that. And the people that have, that have employees and, and prospect, the people that have their, the resumes just off the charts saying, I can't wait to work for you. They get that. They get that. The ones that can't fill positions, they don't get this. Okay. The, the successful leaders are the ones that say, I treat my employees as a coach. I treat my employees as a coach and they build coaching based cultures, which means we meet our employees where they are. We hold their vision and we use language as a way to hear where they are. When they use these words, like I'm trying, or, uh, I don't know about that, or I would never, I've said never say never a couple of times, right? Never is another word because now we're putting ourselves in these black and white categories. So they hear these things and they coach into them. That is what these successful companies do. And so I am inviting you today, today to listen to the words that you're hearing around you. You Listen to your own words, absolutely. And shift that language from I'll try to I am committed to. I'll try to I am committed to. So absolutely shift your language. But my invitation is that you listen to how others are speaking around you. So you can see the people that are around you, where are they at? Are they, do they have their back doors wide open? Who do you get to be? How do you get to show up? Where do you get to go? And what do you get to ask them so that they are willing to shut those back doors? What kind of space do you get to create so that they're willing to share what's really in their way? And are you okay if they are uncomfortable during this process because they're going to be up against it? And so if you're looking at this and you're saying, but I'm not really sure how, it's totally okay. Call me. I'm the easiest person to get a hold of. Kathleen at KathleenReason.com. Email me because this is about how we coach. This is about how we hold others. And I'm telling you, the next evolution of business is that coaching becomes a part of companies. It is a culture of companies. And so this is where you get to go. This is where you get to go. So expecting that somebody else is going to do that is not going to work. Expecting that that your employee can handle that and self-coach is not going to work anymore. Now we get to be the coaches. We get to be the people that get to say, I see your vision and I'm going to walk you into it. I'm going to walk you into it. No more back door. We're going to close that door together. We're going to grab that key, lock it and throw the key away. Are you in? That's what powerful leaders do. And that's what I'm calling you forward today. I'm so excited that you chose to spend your time listening to Profit Launch today. I'm very thankful that you're a part of this. If you have any questions, reach out to me. I love talking about this. I'll be on next Monday. We got a really fun show planned. Have a great week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. Kathleen Reeson will return next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Would you like to be on the show or do you have a show idea? Go to KathleenReeson.com forward slash radio. Have a great week.